Well, I want to pick up where we left off last Sunday. If the empty tomb is a place of remembering, then what place are we at today? Easter is going to continue in the church until the day of Pentecost on June 4th. We have many places of the passion, or should I say now, the resurrection, yet to experience. So I'd like to keep that theme going, even though we're going to be jumping off of Luke and going to John, and then even Matthew a little later on. But the witness of the risen Jesus is in all four of the Gospels anyway. We missed Easter Wednesday, though. See, if we had church every day like the Catholic Church, we could have been here Wednesday and heard the first thing Jesus said, according to Luke, after he came out of the tomb. Do you know what that is? Just according to Luke now, not the other Gospels, but what's the first thing Jesus said after he came out of the tomb? Nobody knows? That's okay, I know. He said, What are you guys talking about? It's the road to Emmaus, and he talks to those two disciples going down the road. And that's the first thing he says. If the empty tomb is a place of remembering, then the road to Emmaus could be a place of revealing. Because that's where he opened the minds of those two apostles who were walking down the road so that they would be equipped with the knowledge of Jesus for what was to become the church. We could have also learned something else about Jesus on Wednesday, that he has a sense of humor. The way he asked those two guys about what they were talking about and about what happened in Jerusalem, you know, as if he he has to ask them to enlighten him about it. It's like when you you overhear somebody talking about you or something you know intimately about, and you ask that person, And they don't know you're listening, but then you ask that person, so, what are you talking about? But you know what they're talking about already, even better than they do. So the road to Emmaus can be a place of humor, maybe. A little relief after the commotion and emotion of the empty tomb. What place of the resurrection are we at on the second Sunday of Easter? A house somebody's house, the house, the place where Jesus has a little talking to with Thomas, a little attitude change. I can't say there's much humor here in the scene, although you could, you could read some into it if you take the view that Jesus has a kind of playful mood with Thomas's unbelief. You know, a, a slightly sarcastic kind of humor, like, you know, go ahead, try me. Put your finger through where the nail went you know, through my hand. It's, it's somewhat of a stretch, but you could make that move if you wanted to. There's nothing, there's nothing humorous, though, about Alexis, a New Mexico University sophomore who's afraid to say what she believes at her school because others might find it offensive. In a hypersensitive campus, campus culture of uh, microaggression and trigger words and safe spaces, Alexis doesn't feel she can share her beliefs with her peers, but she was comfortable enough telling CNN what she thinks about religion. Her mother is a Christian, but Alexis knows many atheists. Her confession is this. I don't know what I believe in yet because I haven't seen the man. 
Now that's kind of the same thing going on in our gospel reading today. Alexis and millions of others like her are missing the point. You don't see the man to believe. Even if people were to see him, they still wouldn't believe. Blessed are those who believe and yet haven't seen. We prayed for Jill Filipovic last Wednesday, if you remember, and my unbelieving salesman friend at Los Angeles International. So today we're going to pray for Alexis at the University of New Mexico. Let us pray. Dear Lord, uh, through my reading, we've uh, keeping up with uh, current events, we've encountered yet another person who um, has a stumbling block to knowing you, Lord, Alexis. Uh, we don't know her, but you do. Uh, she is your child. You created her. And, but she doesn't appear to have faith in you. So we ask you, Lord, that you would send her, your spirit upon her, turn her heart, that she may uh, see you, believe in you, uh, w- without seeing you, you know, in, in the way that she wants to. In your name we pray. Amen. A college campus might be a place of tension, but let's go back to where we started, at the house of one of the disciples. What place of the resurrection is it for you? Let's see, where, let's see what John points out to us and what kind of place this might be. This is my own translation from the Greek. Being early evening on that first day of the week and the doors having been shut, where the disciples were because of their fear of the Jews, Jesus showed up right there, standing among them and says to them, Peace to you. And as he was saying this, he showed both his hands and his side to them. Jesus again says, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And saying this, he breathed in and says to them, Y'all receive the Holy Spirit. Of whomever y'all forgive the sins, they have been forgiven to them. Of whomever y'all hold, they have been held. So far, what kind of place is this? Well, first it's a place of fear. Fear of of, of hiding, of being shut in from what's outside. That's that's something some of us can probably identify with, huh? Sin can often make us fearful of other people. Just ask Alexis. But this house then becomes a place of peace. Jesus brings it right into their midst with a word. Peace to you. He miraculously appears. He didn't come through the doors or the windows. They were shut and locked. He makes it a place of peace. Like the road to Emmaus a little while before, it's also a place of revealing. Jesus reveals he's the man that was nailed to the cross and the same one who was speared in the side by the centurion. He's got the marks to prove it. Our scene is a place of showing, revealing the truth. It's a place of giving and receiving. Giving and receiving the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives the Spirit. The disciples receive it. It's a place of sending. Jesus is sent by the Father. He then sends the apostles out to do their work from there, from that house. There's so much going on here. But there's more. But Thomas is his name in the Greek. But Thomas, one of the twelve being called Didumas, which means twin, 
was not with them when Jesus showed up. The other disciples then said to him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and put my finger in the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, there's no way I'll believe. The little house is now a place of doubt. More than doubt, it's a place of unbelief. It's also a place of disagreement, division and arguing. Of course, none of us would know anything about that kind of place, would we? We don't live on a college campus. We have no disagreements in our homes and we're certainly not afraid to share our beliefs because, after all, we're not afraid to offend anyone. After eight days again, his disciples were indoors and Thomas with them. In comes Jesus, even though the doors having been shut. That's a hard one to translate, a very difficult sentence to translate. I had all my, my dictionaries and, and vocabulary books out trying to, dis, to uh, translate that, that one without inserting any words that weren't there or take anything out, and I, I couldn't do it. It comes out, in comes Jesus even though the doors having been shut. That's not proper English, but I think you can figure that out. I think you get the point. He can just show up through the doors. I mean, he doesn't have to walk in through the door. That's the point of that. In comes Jesus, even though the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace to you. Then he says to Thomas, Bring that finger of yours over here and see my hands. And bring that hand of yours and put it into my side. And don't be faithless, but faithful. Thomas answered and said to him, You are my Lord and my God. Jesus says to him, Because you've seen me, you've believed. The ones are blessed not seeing and believing. Now this house is a place of certainty about Jesus. It's a place of truth, a place of faith, a place of Warning, perhaps? Your God, the one who made you, takes care of you and and your body and your mind and all your senses, is telling you, don't believe only in the things that you can see. Believe in the things you can't see, the things I've already told you about, namely my son Jesus. This house of the disciples is a place of believing. Among all the things going on here, above all, Above all, I believe John wants you and me to believe. And what do we get by believing? Well, I've heard the question asked before, what did the church ever do for you? The question should be, what did Jesus ever do for you? Well, it's right here in these last verses of our text for today. Jesus, therefore, did many other signs before the disciples, which are not written in this role. But what you've just heard written here is so that you, y'all, may believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in the name of Him. We get life, not death. We get everlasting life. That's what we get by believing. That's what the church has done for you. She's conveyed that message to you so that you would hear it and believe. How else are you going to hear The church baptized you so that you would be saved. The church nourished your knowledge and faith in Jesus so that you would not fall away. And you haven't yet. You're here. (laughs) 
You know, I could try and, and bookend this message with some sort of application to the text like, are the doors and windows of your house closed and locked? You know, are you in fear of what people out there will say about your faith in, faith in a man you can't see? Are you letting him in? But that, in light of what John says, it would seem that Jesus will still come into your house, into your life, and stand in your midst whether you have the doors and windows closed and locked or not. Perhaps it would be better to just say what Jesus says. Peace to you. You know, my peace I give to you. Blessed are you who have not seen me but believe. And through our whole worship in this service, we respond the same way Thomas did. We say, our Lord and our God. So may the peace that Jesus brings you by His showing up in your life and being among you, keep your hearts and minds on Him. And may you have life in His name. Amen.